everyone. I'm Janine McGoldrick, and I'm so happy to have you back for another episode of Women Crush Wednesdays from New York Women in Film and Television. Our podcast team was recently discussing that part of what makes NYWIP such a great organization is the opportunity to meet and network with other incredible women in the industry. And it's been tough to do that during COVID times, even with all of our Zoom chats. So we created a new segment called Meet the Members, which will take a few minutes to introduce a fellow NYWIF member and provide some background on their talents so we can learn all about who's in our community and help make connections. So in the spirit of meeting our members, we decided this episode, we'd start by profiling four amazing women who were just voted onto the NYWIF board. First up, Kelsey Marsh and her conversation with Audrey Rosenberg. Audrey, first, can you give us a quick background about your career and experience? Sure. Um, my name is Audrey Rosenberg, and I've been a producer and in this industry for over 20 years. I guess I'm very proud to be a New York producer, and I think that's been a big part of my identity. So I produce film, television, documentary. I've also done short-form work. My career has always been about content, I would say, and I'm very driven by, you know, social justice issues and authentic storytelling and figuring out, you know, what medium is best to tell a story in, whether it be film, television, documentary. I've really been, I've worked with some of the greatest people, I feel like, in the industry, and I was thinking about this today because I knew you guys were going to ask me some questions. And instead of talking too much about like what it is to be a creative producer, which is what I consider myself, I also wanted to, to just mention some of the women that I kind of ran into or was lucky enough to work with in my career were really what came up in my mind when I was thinking about highlights. And one of the first feature films I did, Sigourney Weaver, was an actress in the film. And she was just an incredible presence, I think, really made an an impact on me um, in terms of her strength, her power, her independence, her choices, being a New York actor. We ended up working together a second time, actually. Sandy Bullock is someone that comes to mind. Christine Vachon is a producer. Once said to me, it's not a crisis unless it stops you from shooting. And I think that it stopped me in my tracks. You know, I was such a high strung <laughs> person at that point and like really intense all the time and I do think Christine appreciated my skills but she was also really teaching me something about urgency and and understanding how to use our skills and and how to react to things and you know I had the pleasure of like working with Dawn Porter and Marilyn Ness and the whole trap team um, and sort of seeing firsthand how film and documentary can influence a Supreme Court decision and so advocate for women on abortion rights, which is obviously so relevant right now. But one thing that I think is significant is like, I read James Baldwin when I was 15 and it really like changed my life. And so that was like high school. And I resonated so much with his work and his humanism and I think that it really like inspired me to look at film and television as this incredible landscape where social change is possible, where um, social justice issues can be addressed through storytelling and how powerful that is. And then, of course, I got to work on I Am Not Your Negro all these years later, which was just a very magical situation for me to be part of that, mm -hmm. uh, given the influence that Baldwin had had on me. 
it's been a it's been a ride <laughs> that I can say sort of on that same note along the ride you became a member of Nine West what prompted you to join yeah you know I remember I, 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 you know, there's something about this industry, right? I don't think anybody sort of works in this industry or I should say stays in this industry unless they really love it and unless they really find, um, you know, a way to, to be part of it and to make a living and to, to figure out what their contribution is. And I think for me, because I was crazy enough to be an independent producer for so many years before I started a company, it was isolating at times. And I think that some of that might have been me, but some of it isn't. You know, you, it's still a very male-dominated system, <laughs> I want to say. Mm-hmm. And so I think I noticed that I was craving female companionship, female influences, mentors, you know, ways of sharing my wisdom and hearing wisdom from other women. And I would say being part of something larger than myself. And the idea that it was more feminine power-focused or women-focused really attracted me at the time. So, so that's mainly why I joined. Prompted you to want to become a board member? Well, I had the incredible pleasure of working with Julie Dash, and I met Julie Dash through Rachel Watanabe-Batten, who is an incredible friend and board member of NYWIFT, and actually was, I think, the person who nominated me to be part of it. She was. And mm-hmm. when Rachel first told me about the opportunity, I had thought about how much incredible work NYWIFT was doing. I was very inspired by Cynthia Lopez and her leadership and Mm -hmm. the women on the board. I knew some of them. Besides Rachel, I knew some of the other women too. And I just thought, wow, I I, like the, the, the issue of, you know, feminine power for me and, and the amount of healing that's needed in the world and how Mm -hmm. much I think women, especially when they come together can really create that environment. I was just thrilled. I was like, oh my God, you know, that could just be a perfect place for me. And then really it's New York women in film and television. For me, that's my life. Like that's, that completely defines how I've been spending my time for over 20 years. So I was thrilled to, to, to be nominated and, and to be elected to the board. I think there's so much that they're doing and I'm, I'm looking forward to contributing to, to, you know, growing it and, and even doing more for women in, the, in town. Yeah, aside from growing my wish, what else do you hope to accomplish as a board member? Some of the things that have been on my mind a lot, you know, being a board member are, again, because they're doing such great work already, right? So I feel like I can bring some help to the table, you know, for what already exists. But I think there's, there's an opportunity to dig deeper as women, I think, to really look at things have tougher conversations than we're having um, so far, and they're, they're crucial, meaning like how are we, you know, what's going on with internal misogyny? You know, how do we, how do we deal with that? How do we start with ourselves and our own energy sort of and what we're putting out into the world, and how do we take responsibility for that kind of healing so that then we can be better leaders in the world? I think the other thing for me is mentorship and, and making – making things a little less exclusive in this industry, I think especially because mm-hmm. NYWIFT is so excellent at fighting for equality and looking at diversity and, and authenticity, I think it's really important that people have access. And I'm really looking forward to sharing my resources, my experience, my wisdom, figuring out how we can channel those desires into programs and grants and things that they're already doing. 
I mean, as a member, that all sounds fabulous to me and has me, you know, excited to maintain my membership, truthfully. So (laughs) thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. Last question. Um, What can we be on the lookout? Oh, for my, my upcoming work. Yes. Let's see. We have a documentary that was announced on the anniversary of Katrina that's called Katrina Babies that we're in partnership with Time Studios and with HBO. And I'm really excited about this film. It's a very personal film from a young filmmaker named Edward Buckles Jr. who's from New Orleans and was a Katrina baby himself. So that film you should definitely look out for. We're mm-hmm. super busy getting that, getting that ready and together. <laughs> okay, no problem. And then I do want to mention that we produced a film called Bull that was directed by Annie Silverstein that was nominated for Spirit Awards and stars Rob Morgan and Yolanda Ross and this newcomer, this newcomer um, Amber Havard. It, was, it went to Cannes, and it's just a very special film. So I hope people will seek that out because it's available on streaming. COVID disrupted our wonderful theatrical release and our impact plan. But I think people who watch the film really enjoy the authenticity of it and sort of the special nature of it. We will link out to the, I imagine there's a webpage for the film, and we can link out to it in our show notes. You wanted to mention. Just how cool New York, the whole community in New York is, the film television documentary, the whole community of, of, of peep creators and, and makers in New York is really special. And I think there's an aspect of the term keeping it real that I feel like is always very appreciated. Um, and it's very much congruent with like the city itself, but it's a special mm-hmm. experience to be in our industry and be a New York based person. In my case, it's been an incredible experience and gift to be able to live here work in this incredible community of people and like Mm -hmm. be in and out of Hollywood because I think it continues to give me a perspective about the world, Mm -hmm. about myself, about the work that I find at least when I'm in LA might be harder to maintain for me, but I love LA. I love my colleagues there and I love the whole industry. I just am highlighting, I think the special nature of being in the industry in New York. And I, I think there's something to it. It's part of what Nye was tapped into. And so I'm incredibly honored to be part of it and to be on the board now. Well, and I am incredibly honored to be in good company such as yours. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to interview me and, and ask me these great questions and, and I don't know, tell me that you're inspired. <laughs> because we, we need I, to do that for each other. Thank you so much. Next, Tammy Reese brings us Kim Jackson, followed by my chat with Okima Timor. Congratulations on being on the board. Oh, thank you so much. You're very welcome. And to get started, please tell us about your career, what you do, and about yourself. My name is Kim Jackson, and uh, I have been living in New York for probably 20 years, primarily been producing independent feature film. I started uh, out of college. I went to Simmons College, which is an all-women's college. It's now become a university, and uh, which I have the proud honor of sitting on the uh, Dean's Council of the Gwen Eiffel School 
for arts, sciences, and humanities, um, which is which is a huge honor. I'm sure you're aware of who Gwen Eiffel was. She's a, an alum of my university. Um, and so being involved with women and all women's organization is sort of part of my own personal legacy. So uh, after school, I went out to, to L.A., to Hollywood and was working for Disney and Touchstone Television and um, soon started to take some writing classes, not necessarily to become a screenwriter, but to understand uh, what goes into telling a story on screen, because I really didn't study that in school. And so I sort of self-studied while I was working at Disney and then found myself in New York. And um, I'm very, uh, I guess, naturally prone to producing things. I'm a problem solver and like to get things done and accomplish things. So I started to produce and uh, I worked for film festivals when I first got to New York, like everybody does. I was freelancing and going from sort of gig to gig and project to project. So film festivals are definitely in the mix because I got to make some you know, money. But more importantly, I made connections and understood the exhibition process and phase and um, uh, was lucky enough to work for the Hamptons International Film Festival early on. I mean, when I first moved to New York, like 20 years ago, and um, I was their sort of uh, operations manager. So I handled the panels and the mentorship with industry and filmmakers. And I also um, was involved with their writers program for about two years running the writers program, which was sort of happening off of not the same time as a festival. It was ha happening at an off season time and um, really started working with, with writers um, from the you know script perspective creatively. And then got a nice project working for Universal and um, got in, got my hours for the 161 and uh, which is for line producers and production coordinators and stuff. So I was doing that for a little while soon after just started producing, you know, just full on producing. So I really freelanced and went from project to project for, I would say a good 18 years. And, um, and then about five years ago, being frustrated by the lack of, of, uh, revenue, income, being a producer on the back end. I mean, we get paid so little on the upfront and then your your life as a producer is never ends. It's like having children. You know, you're, you're getting phone calls five years later about some piece of paperwork or something for this film. And you're like, I don't know, you know. Uh, so, and also just, you know, that point or five or 10 or whatever you're getting you know, tracking that down and, and if their ever, movie ever made any money or not, you know, it's just impossible. Like it's almost like a joke to uh, anybody who works in the, this industry on that end. You know, you never see those, you never see the revenue for those points, you know, any, anyone who's participating. So being a problem solver, um, I thought there's got to be a better way of tracking this. And um, I learned something about uh, technology that was emerging called blockchain technology, and blockchain technology is what everyone's familiar with called Bitcoin, which is a cryptocurrency. That's what it, that's the technology that Bitcoin operates on. It's called blockchain technology. And so uh, there's a lot of applications for blockchain technology besides currency. Bitcoin is Bitcoin and it's a currency application, but there are a lot of other applications that 
at the time weren't built yet, but would be possible to operate on the blockchain technology. So myself and um, some partners decided to start a company, raise some capital in cryptocurrency and start to build solutions, technology software solutions that would be able to track rights, revenue and royalty payments uh, for media and entertainment. At the same time, because that's a long game and we're still in the process of doing that, by the way, uh, it's a very long game. Um, we uh, held funds you know, into the studio section when we continued to make um, movies and, and uh, help distribute movies and things like that. So we still kept making art, let's just say. Um, I try not to use the word content. It's just so cold. I find it such a cold... Uh, <laughs> find it such a cold word. So anyway, so we were making, so we make art. So we're still developing the software to this day because um, blockchain is still very new and it's still very young. We got most of our funding, obviously, from cryptocurrencies. Why did you join Nightwith? Well, again, I have a personal legacy of uh, being involved with women, uh, groups of women and powerful groups of women. And, you know, certainly I've been a member of, of Nightwith for some time. I think that just timing, you know, also just being so isolated the last year and a half, couple years, I was craving community and really craving inspiration. And uh, I was asked if I would be interested in joining the board by one of the current uh, board members. And uh, I thought, wow, I never really thought about that. But you know what? Yeah, I, I really feel like the new executive director and the staff that's currently running things. Um, I've witnessed very impressive activities from them over the last few years. And I love the energy that I've been uh, seeing and experiencing. And I, I went to a couple of Muse Awards, um, you know, with this current team. And and, and I just really appreciated uh, the new energy. And I thought, yeah, I think the timing is right. So really timing and a craving for wanting to have community and inspiration. So it's, uh, I'm new and I'm, I'm listening and learning and uh, I'm loving what I'm, what I'm hearing and seeing thus far. I love it. What do you hope to do with the board or impact that you intend to make as a board member? Well, again, I'm still learning and I'm still listening. You know, really, I I, I like to uh, use my skills to support other women and to support the success of other women. I think the issues that NIWIF is, is interested in tackling, which is, you know, equity uh, is very, very important. And I think women far too long of every color and, you know, every you know, nationality have been uh, kept, you know, uh, in positions that uh, I think we're, it's time for us to be able to rise, you know, to the top and have, have the equity that we deserve. Because let's, let's be honest, it's women who really are the ones who make things function um, in all levels of, uh, of our communities and work environments. And, um, you know, the dynamics that I'm sure you've witnessed and we all witness when we're in, you know, work environments. It's like it's the women who make it to make it all happen <laughs> anyway. And it's time that we're compensated, I think. And so yes. that issue is very important to me. It's very exciting currently. I mean, you're seeing so many different voices now that are creating a lot of different stories and storytelling. And it's exciting to see all the different diversity starting to come to life uh, in storytelling. 
educating people to um, someone's world can really change their perspective and have them understand people a little deeper. So those, those things are really important to me. And I hope to get involved in um, the projects and programs at NIWIF that help support those things. Thank you, Kim. What's a super fun fact about yourself that many may not know about you outside of the film industry? I am a ginormous Prince fan. Like, I love it. It's, I don't, I mean, I think some people might know that, but <laughs> I'm a really big Prince fan. I mean, when he left the planet, I was so incredibly devastated that day. I left work early. I said, I got to go. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't even. And I walked around the city and I had my headphones in. I was listening to Prince and I was crying. And I walked into a hair salon in Chinatown and I dyed my hair purple. <laughs> and I was like, I'm never changing my hair. I mean, you know, I was just, I couldn't, I actually just couldn't believe it. But I've been a Prince fan before that. And then after, I think I got even deeper because I had to keep him alive for myself. And, and yeah. so, so, uh, you know, his, he was so, he influenced me so deeply when I was younger, um, his music to this day, if I throw on, you know, a couple of different albums, if I'm in a bad mood and I throw on some prints immediately, I'm back to being fine, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's probably, uh, maybe something people don't, <laughs> realize about me that is amazing definitely legendary iconic artist that's forever missed what can we be on the lookout for from you any projects in the works that you can share with us so i have a film called down with the king that will be distributed in 2022 by sony it was uh premiered at can acid and then it went to deauville and won the grand prize and it is i think as we speak premiering in the U.S. at the Austin Film Festival. Congratulations. So, so it's called Down with the King. And so you can look out for that one. And um, we have our software too, that will be able to be um, ready for uh, 2022. Amazing. Your work is just epic. Your Nightwave community loves you, adores you, are so proud of you and honor and respect you. Definitely keep up the great work. It was definitely a pleasure to interview you today for our podcast. Tammy, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for your beautiful support and your positivity. I really appreciate you taking time to talk with me. Hey, this is Janine, and I am here with Okima T. Moore, who was a guest on our podcast, I think a little over a year ago, but she is back now as a new NYWIFT board member. Hey, Okima. Hi, how are you, Janine? I'm doing well now that I'm talking to you. Aw, ditto. So why don't you give us a quick background on your career and your experience? Sure. Like Janine said, I'm Okima Timor. Um, I am a writer, producer, director who is also an actress. I started as an actress. I work across disciplines and platforms. So I do doc, narrative, branded, commercial. Um, if it's a good story, I'm here to tell it, uh, whether that's as a producer or a director or what have you. Right now, I am, um, while I'm still doing what I do, because you know, mortgage, I am in class with the Sundance Collab Workshop, uh, working um, with direct their, for their directing actors program. 
and taking a class right now with writing pad to work on my new pilot. So, you know, the hustle is there. The hustle is there. So why did you decide to join NYWIFT? Um, so I've been a NYWIFT member, gosh, I want to say it's like seven years now or something like that. When I first joined NYWIFT, I was just psyched that I got in. I thought that it was really important that I started to commiserate in the community of creators and the fact that there was this wonderful community of creators that were women was really attractive to me. And then there were so many high level women that were representing the organization. And I was like, okay, so they take us newbies, us middle ground people and us high level. Okay, great. I can learn from everybody. I'm I'm so glad that I joined because NYWIFT literally, a NYWIFT talk with Annette Marion when she was the director of Oprah's Masterclass is how I got my first network job back in 2017. So NYWIFT has been a launch pad for me in a huge way. And I just love that, you know, the organization is continuing to get a lot more diverse in its leadership and its forward facing movements. And so, you know, to see the bevy of women that represent NYWIFT on their board and even in their committees makes me know that the organization is listening and really understands that all women deserve to create, not just some women. That's that's very powerful. So that, I guess, goes into the transition. You've been a member for seven years and what you just decided, well, I want to be one of these board members. Is that how it happened? No, that is not how it happened. Um, Tell me how it happened. (laughs) My mentor and big sister, uh, Kai Youngblood, who is a board member, she got she joined the board, I think, last year, if I'm not mistaken. I have been working with Kai, um, who is uh, the head of development at Brick TV in New York since Brick was BCAT, before there was like a separate network and all those Mm -hmm. other things, I've been under Kai's watchful eye for years. And in the last four years, five, four or five years, I have had the pleasure of going from producer to showrunner on several of Brick TV's programming, original programming shows. And so earlier this year, she was like, you're doing all of these things. You're now on the board at the Black TV and Film Collective. You know, you're showrunning or getting into showrunning. And I think that you would be a great member to the board. Um, And I was like, you are nuts. (laughs) And then she, I was like, who's going to vote me onto the board? Um, she was like, no, I'm serious. I think you should, you should let me nominate you. And then I was like, um, and then Annetta is no longer on the board, but she was a longtime board member. And I was like, does this make sense to you? She's like, of course, because Annetta tells me I can do anything I said, anything I take to her. She's like, of course you can do it. So I was like, <laughs> all right, I'll try. Like, it's cool if I don't get on just to know that they felt that I was, you know, suitable to be considered was dope. So I was like, okay, sure. Um, (laughs) I didn't campaign because I was like, nobody's going to vote for me. Nobody even knows who I am. And not that I don't think that I'm worthy. I think it's more a situation of, I didn't know if I was ready. Right. And so when I when they called to tell me that I was voted on, I was like, shut up. Um, and, and then I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to tell you to shut up. I was just and she's like, no, no, no. And they were la- they laughed at me all the time. I was just so happy to know that the board was open minded enough to accept me how I am. I have worked very hard in my career to get where I am and to continue to progress. And I am 
always looking to learn and grow, but I'm also me. I am, you know, an around the way girl, as articulate as I may be in business time, I'm still very much into my African-American vernacular. And I think things are fun and funny and I'll say it and I'm very straightforward. And so the fact that all of those things still, that I can be me mm-hmm. and a board member is a beautiful thing to me. And I think that that's an opportunity for other members of color, specifically little brown and black girls who are around the way girls, but still take their career seriously and are still intelligent and able, but understand that like, we are out of the stage of where we have to code switch in, in mixed spaces and we have to not be ourselves and be authentic. So to be in a business environment that's still joyful and allows me to be me is like beyond. That's great. So now that you are on the board, where do you want to see NYWIFT go? I think a more apropos thing for me personally is what do I, what I feel I bring to the table mm-hmm. as a board member at NYWIFT and what I get from NYWIFT as a board member. Um, Cause there's so many places for NYWIFT to go. And because there's such an expansive board, I think that that, that that's such, it's a, such a broad stroke, right? So mm-hmm. for me personally, what I feel I bring to the table is the opportunity to be a bit of a bridge I know that most of when I first noticed or knew about the NYWIFT board, I didn't really see a lot. I didn't see, well, there, there were no millennial. Well, I'm not really a millennial child, but I feel like I'm kind of the bridge, right? Like I'm right after the millennials. Um, so I didn't, I didn't feel this youthfulness in terms of like feeling like I could walk in that room and feel accepted, right? Mm-hmm. But I realized that that's not true. And I also feel like I bring the opportunity to ensure that um, BIPOC voices are being heard in the room. It's only diverse and inclusive, but not equitable if you do not have people that look like everyone at the table of decision. We have Native women, we have Latino, we have Asian, like it is such a cornucopia of ethnicities and mixes. And I also represent those of us that didn't come from big film families, didn't go to film school, didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't go to film school. I don't come from a film family. My uncle is not, has, you know, does not give me internship. Like I didn't, I, I left Wall Street at 36 to be a PA. Yeah. And then hustled my ass off for the next five years. <laughs> but I also represent those of us that didn't come from this world, but fell in love with it and scrapped and scraped our way to, to, to get further along Mm -hmm. and also just a love for women and seeing women love on each other by way of being helpful and resources and, and safe spaces. Um, I think that I add another element of heart and safe space to what NIWIFT is because there are not, as we know, even from following things like I stories and other, and just our own personal experiences, there aren't always safe spaces for women, especially women of color in this business. And so if there can be one more of those on this board to remind all women, no matter, you can be pink with purple polka dots. If you are a woman, EN or XN, you are safe here, right? Right. And and I'm very adamant about that. So I think that's what I kind of bring to the table. And what I take from it is just the opportunity to learn more about the business. There are so many wonderfully talented and successful and high level women on that board that I know I'm going to be able to glean from and learn from and and sit with and get to know. Being able to kind of trickle that information down back into the spaces of women 
that don't sit in that room, that don't, you know, that may not be on in the organization yet and to entice them to come and know that they can be someplace that they'll be accepted and, and loved on and, and assisted. Yeah, you're going to be a great role model for a lot of people that are coming up in not only in NYWIF, but in the industry as well. So I just want to close it out with something fun, not including anything that you might be working on now, but if you could snap your finger and tell any story that you could, what would that story be? Oh, that's easy. The story of the Black Moors of Scotland and how they were pushed, how they were a kingdom and royalty and how they were pushed out of that space. If and why, the- why would you want to tell that story? Why would, why would that um, be important to you? Um, one, because growing up, you know, you heard people say, I know as a little black girl, I heard people say, we come from royalty and I only ever thought of Africa. I never thought of the other places that we were royal and had social standing and equitable standing in, in a space. And two, my grandfather is Scottish Bayesian. And so I grew up hearing some of these stories about the more, and I have an uncle who, um, is a declared more like, he's like, he doesn't use a social and he it's, it's, it's a lot, but, <laughs> but, um, but just hearing all of these different like rumblings about the Moors and then not because my last name is Moore because it's with an E and I'm Guyanese. Um, that name comes from Guyana with my father, but just knowing that there are so many stories about us as black people that don't originate in the motherland, but still stand up to the same psyche that we, we have, a right to be royal and we are and we were and we can be again hopefully soon we will be talking again about you in production on that project <laughs> and then really Amen. and so Amen. forth and so on yes well <laughs> thank you so much uh, we're so excited for your energy not only as a member but now as a board member and i'm sure we're going to be hearing more from you and we'll have links to how people can meet you on social media and your website on the show note. Thanks again for coming on to our podcast and talking with us. No, thank you for having me, Janine. And congratulations on the podcast. You guys have had some crazy, amazing guests, shows I like to share on my Twitter and my social feeds. And um, you guys are, are another amazing representation of who and what NYWIFT is. And just congratulations on all you're doing. Well, thank you for that. And yes, please, everybody out there, share, share, share. Share, follow, all the same. All right. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be right back after a word from a sponsor. And now, last but certainly not least, Tammy is back with Sybil Santiago. So, Sybil, congratulations on all your success. It's awesome that you're a board member with NYWIF. We would love to get a quick background on your career um, for our listeners to know more about you. Sure, of course. I actually started as a child actor. It just so happens that my mom is a veteran actor and director in, in um, my country, in the Philippines. And um, she had a production company. So, I actually started as a child actor. My first walk-on role was I was about a year and a half years old. Um, and that was that was really actually interesting and fun. Um, and uh, I guess I kind of just grew up in the industry, you know, kind of following the footsteps. I was also interning in her production company. 
So I started as an actor really, but also did a lot of uh, work behind the scenes on camera, um, working with her, and also got a lot of training in theater. So it's always been my world, you know, film, television, theater has been sort of like what I've been surrounded with. And I guess just uh, growing up here in New York City, um, you know, it was kind of a natural progression. You know, I was in a dance company and a theater company for many years and um, started to do more films and television work and then started helping friends produce projects. And next thing you know, I was producing my own projects under my own production company. Um, got one of my big features uh, working with Mel Brooks' son, Nicholas Brooks, and they Amazing. were actually the ones. I know. And they're the ones who actually pushed me and said, you know, so why do you keep working with all these other productions? Why don't you start your own production company and let's have this film under your production company? And that's sort of where it started. And that's when Sitting Get Productions was born. Um, well, how inspirational. And, you know, it's really, it was cool. It's good when you have mentors like that. You know, someone like Mel, who doesn't listen to Mel Brooks? I mean, seriously. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, Sybil, why did you join Nightwish? Well, specifically for that, you know, I'm a woman filmmaker uh, and content creator, and I actually have a lot of colleagues that have been members for years before I joined, and I've talked about the organization so much, so I have, I have joined them in some of the events and screenings and have met more people and more collaborators, and these are amazing women that I look up to that had invited me, and since then, I've sort of kind of looked as a lot of the things that the organization does. And then I joined. And since I joined, I'm seeing even more of what they're doing. And now that I'm on the board, I'm seeing what's behind and even more excited and more ecstatic about everything that this organization is doing or trying to do to really help women filmmakers to go over. Wow. It's inspiring. It it's really very is. very inspiring. And you're a board member. What made you join the board? I was actually invited by one of the board members uh, to run. And I'm glad that I did. At first, I wasn't sure because I also am an active member of the Producers Guild and I'm a co-lead for the AAPI working group. So we've been quite busy setting that up. But then I thought to myself, you know, this is exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to find a way to find better representation, not just for women filmmakers, but for also, you know, producers and filmmakers of color, which I am uh, one, but to expand on that specifically for AAPI um, representation as well. So I know that NIWIF does so much of this and want to do more of it that I was kind of, it was almost like a natural fit for me to go and run and just see um, if I would be given that chance so that I can hopefully uh, with the things that I've learned myself, you know, growing up in this industry, because I've been through the, um, you know, the ringer of it. So I'm hoping that I can help uh, mentor as I've been mentored and, you know, continue hopefully making women in general being in industry a norm versus a niche. And same with, you know, being a person of color, that we could just be all humans that do amazing things. <laughs> What do you hope to see more of in the film industry? I want to see more women actually yeah. acknowledge the work that they do. I mean, realistically, when you look at the history of, of whether it be in theater or film or television, there's actually quite a lot of women that have been in this in this realm, but they just never got 
the opportunity or the recognition that they should have been given. Um, now that I run a film festival in New York City for the last 10 years, I've been privy and really excited to see so many women filmmakers. And it's really, it's really a little bit confusing to me sometimes when I program projects, as I program based on the merit of the work. And once we're programmed, I always see a major number of my filmmakers that are, are women. And not to see that represented in the mainstream, not to see that represented when award season come up, um, it's, it's mind-boggling for me. Because if, you know, to see only one filmmaker, one female filmmaker you know, uh, nominated, for example, when, when in my line of work, I see 60 sometimes percent of the submissions I get are from women, I don't understand how that's possible. So I, I think I would really love to see this industry, you know, be, be fair in that sense to, and, and really see and if you base it on the work. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I just wonder, because when you really go with the merit of the work and then it is fair, then you actually really see that, you know, we belong here, you know? We do belong here. Yes, we do. And thank you so much, Sybil, for sharing your perspective on that. It is so, so true. I will leave you with, is there any projects that you have out right now or have upcoming that we can be on the lookout for? Yeah, I actually am working on a few things. I mean, first, I have the film festival, the Soho International Film Festival, which is running in November, from November 4th to the 9th this year. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Um, that's where I'm at right now, um, scouting our, um, some of our live events that we're trying to put together. Um, and um, I have a feature film that I co-produced called Oliver that's going to be hopefully released by next year. We're doing our um, cast crew screening coming up soon. I'm excited about it, directed by another amazing female filmmaker, Sylvia Kaminer. Um, I also have a documentary that I produced uh, called Nomad Cowboys that we're also looking to release in the next year uh, that we shot in Kazakhstan and Ferguson, so that was exciting. Um, yeah, and then I'm in the middle of working on a series right now that I won't be able to announce yet, but I'm really looking forward uh, because these are female-driven and very strong female characters uh, and I have some really great partners I'm working with. So I can't wait to talk about it when we, we're able to. <laughs> yes, we're going to have to have you back on the podcast and definitely blog about you as well, Sybil. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're I would welcome. love that. Um, you're very welcome. And your Nightwith community is so proud of you. We honor and salute you. Keep up the amazing work. And we look forward to continuing to celebrate your journey. Have a great rest thank of your you. day. Thank you. And I have to say, I am humbled and I am very proud to be a part of Nightwith. I'm very proud of this organization. And I can say right now for anyone that's listening, and now that I've gotten to see not just in the front end, but also in the back end, how things are running in this organization, I am even more proud of being a member and being a part of it. Um, these women are these women are working very hard for all of you and they work very hard for us. And I'm really, really happy to be able to give back and hopefully work for you as well. Thank you, Sybil. Thank you, Tam. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you to Audrey, Kim, Okima, and Sybil, and to my great team members, Tammy and Kelsey. If you'd like to be profiled in our monthly Meet the Member segment, just tell us a little bit about your work in film, television, and media, and how members can find you via a five-minute audio file or a one-page written submission, which we will narrate. Please email us at communications at 
Thanks so much for listening. Until we meet again, keep on crushing it.